Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. When a random Big Ten West athletic director agrees with me, we're going to talk about it on the podcast. With SI's Pat Forty. Said that we've always had parody. Uh, when exactly? Certainly before Nick Saban was the coach at Alabama, maybe. Here's Pat and Dan. Hi, welcome to the pod. And Pat, Sully, I want to announce I have a new favorite player. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what happened? football player. Well, we know Smoke Monday has uh, moved on to the <laughs> NFL. Smoke Monday has moved on, and the dude who drank the beer on top of the Georgia Southern bus, I think he's done. So what do you got? Well, there's also that dude from Missouri who could really oh, yeah. fight. <laughs> and then he went to Arkansas. He, he may still. All right. I have a new contender. It's okay. early. It's early. <laughs> but now the cor- best name, at least. Now that quarterback Smoke Monday is gone, mm-hmm. Oklahoma over the weekend received a commitment from junior college quarterback General Booty. <laughs> yes, they did. General Booty uh, from Tyler Junior College is headed to the Sooners, three years of eligibility. Now, uh, his dad played at LSU, Abram Booty. His uncle was a quarterback at LSU, Josh Booty. Many people know him. He's also played in MLB. Uh, John David Booty is another uncle, was at USC. So the booties have been around. <laughs> We've had a lot college, of booty in the in college football over the years. It's a lot of booty in college football, but we've never had general booty. <laughs> general booty is headed to the Sooners, and unless you, you're going to have to come strong, it, I knew it would take something big to defeat Smoke Monday to fill to step into the considerable shoes of Smoke Monday. General booty has succeeded. General Booty, obviously my name's an attention grabber, said General Booty. <laughs> he told the Dallas Morning News in 2020. Indeed. Yeah. And people like to do headlines with it. Yes, idiots, like like immature fools like me like to laugh about it. I get it. Like General Booty's already making fun of me. He hasn't even played. But I like to show people my play can back it up. I have done that. I'm going to continue to do that well. Give them a reason to remember my name. I will never forget you, General Booty. <laughs> I have to say, like, his parents put some pressure on him. I mean, you name him General. That's that you're, you, you, you are asking a lot of your kid. I mean, what if the kid, you know, I mean, if he 
A ends up like, you know, slow and unathletic. And then like, what, what, where's he going? What is he doing? Especially when they all grew up with the booty name. So they all yeah, know right. the, the issues of the booty. Like if your last name is 40, like if you named one of your kids 3040 or something. <laughs> yeah. Like that'd be kind of weird, right? You already know ah, people are going to do the number thing. Oh, Let's yeah. Just give them a regular, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, to throw gen- general anything is amazing. Right. Like that, that takes a lot of confidence, but then general booty. Uh, but let me tell you, not recruited much out of high school, went to Juco, threw for 3,100 yards, 25 TDs, including one game against Navarro. 528 yards, eight touchdowns, and oh ran for God. 62 yards. Wow. General wow. Booty is coming for your job, Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> How about the fact that they, they went from an incredible quarterback name to another one? I mean, Spencer Rattler was a hell of a quarterback name. You yeah, know? It was. And now he's been usurped. He, we would, the name didn't the game didn't match the name for Spencer Rattler. We'll see if it does for uh General. Boutte. On the hard court, we got Jelly Walker now being joined by Butta Johnson. So we got Butta and Jelly on the same team for UAB (laughs) this year. Oh, yeah. UAB is my favorite basketball team. Yeah. So good. Um, Rocket Watts. Is he still playing? Rocket Watts was a good name for a point guard. A Michigan State point guard. Yes. Rocket Watts. So the Sooners have Dylan Gabriel. They have Nick Evers, who's a, a top recruit, a good quarterback. They also have a pit QB, Davis Belleville. So we'll see. So yeah, General Booty could end up being like Lieutenant Booty here on the depth <laughs> chart. Well, let's not roll them out yet. No, let's, no, you know, I mean, you know, the general is coming. So congrats to General Booty. I'm on that. All right, uh, today's uh, this week's uh, hysterical coaching quotes. <laughs> they uh, keep comes coming from uh, from Nick Saban, our leader. <laughs> uh, quote: One of the things I'd like to see us be able to work back to is everything in college football has always had parity. Same scholarship, same academic support, healthcare, whatever it is. I don't think we have that balance right now, which could affect the parity of college athletics as a whole. (laughs) Uh, Nick Saban wants parity. Lane uh, Kiffin (laughs) respond. Go ahead. You go that, then I'll get to Kiffin's response. No, he said, said that we've always had parity. Uh, when exactly? Certainly before Nick Saban was the coach at Alabama, maybe. And even then, I'm not sure we did. <laughs> used to be able to sign like They used to be able to sign like 170 scholarships <laughs> right. and stuff. Like yeah. Bear Bryant and, and uh, Woody Hayes, like that whole era of guys, they'd have like 170 players on the team. Yeah. And guys would wait to be a senior to play. And that just kept the players away from the other schools in the division in their in their conference. Yeah, well, it's never been parity. That's the whole point. Yeah. But the, there's arguably less parity at the top right now than there's ever been because of Alabama. Because well, yeah, and then and yes, being, parity of result is not happening at all. Yeah, no, but parity in anything. Uh, I don't know. This was on Fine Bomb. Uh, anyway, Lane Kiffin went. Uh, apparently was listening or got wind of it. He uh, originally said, uh, I love the goat, but coach, are you feeling okay? <laughs> uh, he then uh, tweeted Paul to find Bob. Did you tell Saban what that word means? And then Kiffin apparently went and looked this up. Parody equals the state or condition of being equal, especially regarding status or pay. 
Yeah. Um, so there we go. Um, Alabama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Alabama ruiner of parody once parody. Okay. Saban's 183 and 25. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's classic. So, that's uh, classic. yeah, I don't think he wants parody. The no. NFL had parody. He had parody when he was with the Dolphins. Yeah, and he was six and ten. Yeah, it's not that much fun. So, I don't know. Coach quotes are always. I, I get. I guess I'm not sure what he meant. I don't know. I I I, I couldn't even tell you. I, I I couldn't even hazard a guess. Really. Uh, but this is. We are in that season. Okay. There is no football going on, and so it's the off season, and so. And there are a lot of issues swirling. So coaches are asked about the issues and we get to see exactly who's tethered to reality and who is not. Uh, as we've seen with many of the quotes from people about NIL and collectives and players getting paid. And now apparently in parody as well. Uh, coaches who are like, does Nick Saban go to work every day thinking that everybody in the SEC West has an equal chance to win the SEC West? If so, I guess that keeps him working hard, but it ain't realistic. I'm sure Mississippi State or Arkansas, I mean, they'd be happy if if uh, Nick wants to share some of his recruits. <laughs> yeah, you think? You know, I noticed Mississippi State's uh, defensive uh, line is a little little light this year. So I got a couple dudes. You take them for, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got a six, seven, 300-pound edge guy that's not really performing. How about if you take him, Mike Leach? All right. More on uh, quotes. This is an administrator. Proof that I am not all, not all my ideas have no backing at all. There are some very, very smart people who will come along with my ideas. Really? Like like Iowa AD Gary Barta, who we made fun of all last fall. <laughs> yeah, for, right. for but now he's a genius, Pat. Now no. okay. <laughs> he's transformed. Gary Barta, well, we've I, you crushed know, Gary as did much as almost anybody not named Mark Emmert on this podcast. I can't remember what his biggest thing was. Wasn't it like the Michigan-Michigan State game? I don't, it's the whole, it's the system. It's not Gary Barta. He's a very wise man. <laughs> Okay, Gary Barta believes in my deal that you have to do something with this transfer portal. Now, solving the problem is bigger than the, but this is the one they should be focused on and risk the antitrust suit, not trying to pare back NIL payments. What happened has, this is for the Fight for Iowa podcast. What has happened in the combination, NIL in and of itself, what was in, it was intended so the student now can make some money off their image, their name, their likeness. It's a good thing. And actually, uh, that... Part of it is going well on our campus. Of course, you know, these are campuses that fought NIL for oh, decades. bitterly. But now it's good. But what's happened now, it's being used for recruiting inducements, and that was never intended. And then you have the transfer portal, which, again, in and of itself was not a bad thing, getting some of the how you can transfer cleaned up. But you can take NIL and you combine it with transfers, and that's the storm. That's the storm we're living through right now, and something has to change. Uh, his thing is if you transfer, you can transfer, you don't lose your scholarship, but you must sit out a year because we can control that. And I think it would slow down the name image likeness deals because a booster isn't going to offer a student athlete a big sum of money. If they know, if they come to their unit, they have to sit out a year at the same time. Once the universe, the students there, you can put, you can put together, they can put together an NIL package that they benefit from Gary so he- Bart, a podcast listener, influencing <laughs> Great minds of Eastern <laughs> Iowa. Me. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So he he likes your idea that you still have to sit out a year as a transfer. I mean, look, I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily say we should do that. 
But I'm trying to put myself in there because if you're trying to get control of college football and player movement and you have to do certain things just as a sport and as a business, yes, that is the that is the most sensible, most immediately effective, and I think the most doable, although perhaps not, we'll see. Someone's going to sue. But I think it's the fairest thing to do if you're going to take something back. You cannot get this money train back in the back in the, you know, whatever. You can't stop yeah, it. Right. But it, it was never wrong to make a kid. I, I just it is not a negative to make somebody get an extra year of college, an extra year of training, an extra year of co- uh, coaching, an extra year of all the different things you get. So well, what was problem with the transferring was the colleges were blocking it and basically saying you can't go to these 48 schools unless you want to pay your own way. And there was all this give the freedom of movement, but make them sit out one year. Yeah, that but that that, that PR battle has been lost. I don't know how you then go back and try to win it. Uh, you know, I mean, well, they should have think- listened to me before. <laughs> Gary, well, baby, where you been? Instead, they listen to people who said, hey. I just watched Brian Kelly leave a team before they even knew whether or not they were out of the playoff to go to LSU effective immediately. Why can't I do it? And that's, I mean, that's not the exact example, but that that's the, that's the overall arching thing here. It's like the coaches can go right away and take another job. Why can't I go take another scholarship and play right away? That was the battle that they lost from a PR standpoint years ago. And I just don't think you can reverse course on that one. Probably not. I'm just trying to help. I'm trying yeah. to play both sides of the thing. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, again, I didn't see a massive problem in people transferring this year. Maybe it gets worse, right. but um, I haven't seen that as this huge problem. But if I'm if I if I'm one of the people that's scared of such a thing happening, then this is my way out. So yeah. at least Gary Bard is on my side here. There you go, you and Gary Bard. Pat, I have very few wins in life. I have very few <laughs> victories. So. When a random Big Ten West athletic director agrees with me, we're going to po- talk about it on the podcast. There you go. Okay. Even though you're sitting around drowning in Olympic medals and things like that, and scholarships for your children, I, you know, uh, famed horse race racing author and writer. I mean, all I got is this. Yeah, that's fight it. on that's fight it. for Iowa podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the same AD who we pilloried from stem to stern for the when he was the uh, uh, the CFP guy and also for killing Iowa swimming. At least I killed him for that. I'm not sure yeah. what you did. There's no water in Iowa to swim in. They can't. <laughs> what do you swim? Well, we know the Iowa City water is inferior, certainly to Ames well, and true. certainly you don't to waste Keokuk. your water in Iowa swimming in it. You drink it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of coaches on the move, maybe. Uh, we forgot to talk about this last week, but this is this I think slipped past everyone. This is an amazing story. Interesting. So uh, we know Jeff Brom is the head coach at Purdue, and Jeff Brom is a from the Brom family of Louisville. And Pat, you can speak to the the reverence that the Brahms have in Louisville. His father Oscar, brothers Greg and Brian, his son, everybody, everybody's uh Everybody in Louisville knows the Brahms, right? Yes, and every um, male Brahm who has ever thrown or caught a pass did it at the University of Louisville. And they all grew up in what what school did they all go to high school at? Trinity High School. Trinity High School. Mm-hmm. And everybody's played at UofL. And here they are Louisville through and through. And so the question was back in 2018 when he was at Purdue, would he take the, the Louisville job when it opened? And he did not. He stayed at Purdue. It was a big statement, right? Granted yep. at like $4.5 million a year. Yeah, even more than that. Maybe more. He's always, the question's always been, will he go? 
So he's speaking at the Louisville Flaggett High School Alumni Association. Flagey. Okay, this is how much. We're, 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 we're very classy down here. <laughs> Flagey. What? <laughs> the people of. <laughs> they went with a. Fr- is that French? <laughs> yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, it is. Uh, uh, that's Louisville is French. King Louis. You know, I mean, you know, well, yeah, we, I guess we can right. go on and on. But yes, Louisville. Uh, Flagey right. is actually closed. That's where Oscar Brom went to high school. And, okay, uh, this is how much yeah. Jeff Brom loves Louisville. He's speaking to an alumni association of a closed high school. <laughs> they can't even get him any players. That's right. Okay. A hundred right. old dudes show up. <laughs> it is at the Elks Lodge number eight on Klondike Lane. That's this it. isn't like the Louisville High School Coaches Association. Nope. He he's not at like the, I don't know what, the Chamber of uh, something, right? No. He's at a closed high school with no recruits at the Elks Lodge. Number <laughs> On eight. Lane, yes. Hikes Point, baby. There we go. This guy might need to go back to Louisville. <laughs> like, how do you get the Purdue head coach to speak to 100 old dudes? <laughs> you know how? At an Elks Lodge. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. The true answer to that is that his dad asked him to, I am sure, since his dad is well, a I, there you go. alum. But... Still. Okay, that's Still. why. Like, no, you know where, Jeff? You should be in Chicago talking to the high school coaches. Do a <laughs> yeah, clinic. Right. This is not what I'm just saying. Okay. Somebody asked, did you feel, how much pressure did you feel when the Louisville job opened in 2018? Okay, those are all good questions on the Louisville job, Brom said. And this is amazing. You know what? After being at Purdue two years when it came open, that was a tough call. Tough call. To be quite honest, through my schooling and how I was raised, I believe in at least trying to do the right thing and having morals and value. It was just too early to leave uh, Purdue for Louisville at that point. It just wasn't right. You build relationships. People treat you right. The people there have treated me great. You talk to recruits and they ask me things. Just a lot of things went into it. But obviously, now we're on year six uh, at Purdue. I love this town this area. I'm an alumnus of Louisville. So anything can happen in the future. Boom. Uh, this is all from a, a uh, column by the great Rick Bozich, uh, who writes for WDRB, uh, but used to write for the Career Journal for years. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't recall a head coach at one job being that open, like discussing that openly about another job. And it's not like you know, you're the head coach at Troy State, and they go, hey, would you ever take the Alabama job? Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I remember Randy Edsel being very complimentary of the Notre Dame job when he was at UConn. Yeah, so, right, you know. You're right, right. Yeah. And even the UConn people are like, eh. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a that's a shot. Like, I mean, that is a that is a I don't know that he knew Rick Bozich was in the room, but if he's this Louisville, he ought to known Rick Bozich was in the room. There's only a hundred sure. of them. Yeah. Yeah. He would have known. I, I mean, that is a, an eye-opening comment for sure. <laughs> it sends a clear signal to Scott Satterfield. Better win big this year, pal. Uh, because here's the thing, actually, last year, and this goes back the backstory here. You know, Satterfield burned a lot of bridges after his second season when he talked to South Carolina. It, people here had been so tired of coaches using the Louisville job as a stepping stone to other jobs. And so people were already down on Satterfield. This last year, they have an okay season. They end up getting just trucked by Kentucky again. Everybody's unhappy. 
And there's a lot of people who think Vince Tyree wanted and could have gotten Jeff Brom last offseason. But the president of the school, Neely Bendapudi, believed that Scott Satterfield deserved a fourth year. And so that unsprung the possibility of Brom coming back to Louisville. I think in a vacuum, you could say, yes, Scott Satterfield absolutely deserved a fourth year. But when you have a chance to get the hometown hero coming off a very good season at Purdue and bring him in, who that makes that tough. And it just further ratchets up this pressure now, what Jeff Brom has had to say publicly on uh, Scott Satterfield's situation going into this next year. And I mean, he better win a lot. And he better win early because we have seen coaching changes happening faster and faster. And it wouldn't shock me if they try to grease the skids for a Jeff Brom comes back to his hometown situation. So Satterfield had an enormous success at Appalachian State. Um, three 10 win seasons, you know, really did a good job. Gets to Louisville. He's 18 and 19. He's six and seven last year. Uh, took an L in the. Uh, the first responder bowl, which is always such a classic. <laughs> a lot of fan investment in that first came responder in last bowl. place in the first responder bowl. <laughs> yeah, he's got a win. I mean, Brom is basically <laughs> just stated, I'll take the job. I yeah. mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, I, again, it's the, the, the comment, and this is why these guys say nothing. So then it's, right. it's, it's amazing when they say something. Exactly. Because, yes, usually. It's I have no interest in any other job. I love this job. Oh, by the way, I'm now leaving in five minutes. You know, I mean, it's and deny, like, deny, deny, a, gone. Did he have to send like a little smoke signal via the the Flagge High School Alumni Association? Like this <laughs> Elks Lodge number eight? Like it, you think you could get the word over to Louisville. I'll take the job without <laughs> talking up at the Elks. Well, the, the AD has changed since since the last time the signal was loud and clear. Vince Tyree's out. And now Josh Hurd is the interim. And we'll see if he's the full-time guy. But now, yes, I, I think the signal has been relayed. Brom, you know, seven and six, uh, six and seven his first two years. Then he goes four and eight, two and four in the little the little COVID season. Uh, but then nine and four last year. So a uh, huge year for him at Purdue. But yeah. that to me is, uh, I mean, as long as he has a good year, and uh, Satterfield does not have a good year. I mean, it's just, that, again, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, on the list of potential openings now, Louisville moves up a couple notches, I think, just based on Jeff Brom's rhetoric. Yeah. I mean, it, what, what is he saying in private? That would be the thing. <laughs> that's a potentially big deal. Also, Louisville's recruiting pretty well right now. Yeah, um, they are. They, Satterfield's doing a good job there. Uh, I don't know how... Like, this would seem to be devastating to me in recruiting for Purdue. I mean, this is going to... Right. I mean, what every other coach in the area is going to be like, you see this? Yeah, right. Every single person that Purdue's in on, I mean, if you are Illinois, Minnesota, Indiana, Northwestern competing with them for, for recruits, you're, you, you are... I was about to say, Bielema is definitely using it. Oh, yeah. You kidding me? Bert, Bert is passing the word. All right. Oh, a little breaking news. Uh, keep concerning the... The Purdue-Louisville-Jeff Brom tea leaves here. Milton Wright reportedly in academic uh, problems at Purdue, academically ineligible. This is He was their next great receiver. You know, they went from uh, Rondale to uh, David Bell, and now Milton Wright had 57 catches, 732 yards, seven touchdowns last year. And uh, if he's not available, that 
hurts that passing game and could hurt how good Purdue is this season. He's also, let, let it be known, Milton Wright is from Louisville, Kentucky. Could he Could he and Jeff Brown relocate together? Package deal, we'll baby. Wait and see. We'll wait and see. Uh, small sample Heisman. I know it's not small sample Heisman time, but I'm giving it to whoever that dude was at the Arkansas baseball game <laughs> who caught a raccoon in the stands. <laughs> Barehanded. Barehanded, grown-ass <laughs> raccoon. You see that video? Oh, it's a big raccoon, as they tend to be. It's been living I, underneath that stadium, just eating <laughs> decades-old yeah. popcorn for oh, <laughs> extra hot dogs that fell. Oh, what yeah. a place for that raccoon. Yeah, that's what, there's plenty of raccoons around stadiums. There's no doubt I about it. I can't believe he just snatched that thing by the back of its neck and carried it out like a trophy. That that was a real Arkansas move, I got to say, and very indicative that it's not his first raccoon. That dude no. has snatched some coons before. There's no doubt about it. I, there's no way in hell I'm touching that raccoon. No, those things are mean. Rabies, they're yeah. mean, they're dirty, they're nasty. I mean, that was the, I am an Arkansas <clears throat> baseball fan now. Call yeah. the hogs. I, I was very impressed, I have to say. He, and he, like the confidence, the grip, yeah. right, too. <laughs> right. That raccoon was squirming. Yeah. It's a damn yeah. shame they lost the, the, the series. Vanderbilt. Got him. I, I feel like that, that would have rallied the rallied the team, man. Right. Rally oh, that, raccoon. That, rally raccoon. Yeah, that could have been it. They really need to. I mean, just amazing. Yeah. I, I, even if it was a cat, I wouldn't have grabbed it. Right. Like that. No way. No way. I am not grabbing anything like that. It, it, there were either people. Everyone was cheering. Almost everyone. What, um, one dude. There's one angle. One fell. Yeah. The guy that fell. Oh, my one gosh. Guy fell. That would have been me. Yeah. You were cheering unless you were running away at top speed. And. Ain't no way I'm having a hot dog at the Razorback game on the next game. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm packaging my own food into in and out of there from now on. <laughs> so I, you know, look, we'll, we'll you know we love firing coaches on this oh, pod, yeah. uh, whether they ever turn out true or not. Uh, you got to put Satterfield right now at, at number one on the hot seat, if only because of this. Yeah, and there's a lot of other candidates. All right, let's go through a couple. Uh, obviously, I think number. I don't know. I guess you could just group them. I don't know if there's a list. Herm right. Edwards at Arizona State. Yeah. Do uh, with all the scandals and the to transfers out. I don't. He's got like forty guys on the roster or something now. Yeah. I mean, um, they have mess. just been. Yeah, they've been gutted by transfers. They've had staff turnover. They have an ongoing NCAA investigation and things that only been going okay for Herm. I mean, they were they weren't bad, but it's not like he was lighting anything on fire there. So. Uh, Herm is Herm is at or near the top as well. His his career is now now relying on Emory Jones's hands. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. He did go eight and five last year. Yeah, but I mean he's been okay. I mean he hadn't been terrible. This is better than I thought. Twenty five and eighteen. He's a good NFL coach. Yeah, had his moments. Yeah, credible speaker, motivator. Yeah, I mean, I mean Herm Edwards like high quality like. You know, all of that. He is all those things. He, but he, like he hasn't transformed Arizona State football. It's not like they're winning the Pac-12 or winning the Pac-12 South or, you know, competing to get in the top 15 or top 10. He's just been pretty good. I don't know whether pretty good can survive the the turnover and turmoil that they've got going on there right now. Do you know that Herm Edwards is a professor? I did of? not. 
yeah, he's a he's he is a professor of sorts. I, you know, they have all their little titles too, adjunct or I don't know what. Yeah, a guest um, lecturer or something. Or what? Professor Edwards at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication. Really, he's a professor of practice. That's what they call. It. They could use more practice. <laughs> yeah, he he gives some speaking in the uh, in the. I mean, he was on TV a long time. Yeah. Oh, he can speak. Yeah, after working in media for eight years, he's presented the opportunity to turn. And then ASU said, uh, uh, let's see, it took the right situation to bring him back. Uh, wanted to use Herm Edwards to do some speaking in the uh, at the TV and broadcast stars and all the different stuff. We're going to figure out a format and everything else. That'll kind of be interesting. Whether I bring in folks along with myself who have worked in television, that'd be interesting. Our good friend, uh, Trey Wingo, he might be coming in on one of my classes. Seems like you might teach an actual class that that would go down in great moments of uh, coach professor uh, thing. You know, Jerry Tarkanian was a tenured professor at UNLV because he could he found out you couldn't get fired if you were a tenured. No matter what you did, you could not lose tenure. So he <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, NCAA rules getting you on tenure. Oh, that's beautiful. Mike Leach, when he was at Washington State, taught a five week non accredited non-credited course uh, called <laughs> Leadership Lessons in Insurgent Warfare and Football Strategies. Ah, that's the class I would want to attend. Uh, that, I, and I, I, I would imagine it would take just the slightest provocation to send that just off the rails into some wild rabbit hole of, you know, like comparing attack animals and whatever else uh, Mike Leach can oh, come that up That would have been Mike Leach know? teaching leadership lessons in insurgent warfare <laughs> and football strategies. Uh, <laughs> then there was the classic when Urban Meyer retired. He oh, taught a course titled Leadership and Character <laughs> <laughs> in the school's Fisher College of Business. So you can expect a lot of indictments from uh, Ohio uh, businessmen in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Leadership and character from Urban Meyer. Urban, uh, so it, that's just trolling. There's been a lot of, I mean, there, there's been, back in the day, there used to be a ton of coaches who taught coaching basketball or, you know, coaching football or whatever. The great one was uh, Jim Herrick's son, Jim Herrick Jr., who taught the class at, you know, coaching basketball or teaching basketball at Georgia. Uh, and one of the questions on the final was, how many points do you get for a three-pointer? And there were like... <laughs> The class was, there were a bunch of basketball players in the class. Like, come on. I have the actual final exam. Ah, it was, uh, it was in, yeah, it was in his PEDS 3912 class. Jim Herrick, Professor Jim Herrick Jr. <laughs> it was, it was, his, this was, uh, this is from the NCA uh, investigation into this. <laughs> yeah. How many goals are on a basketball court? A, huh. one, B, two, <laughs> C, three, <laughs> D, four. <laughs> Pat, how many? Can you do this? <laughs> uh, you know, in my backyard, there's only one, but I'm going to say two. I'm going to go with two. <laughs> how many players are allowed to play at one time on any team in a regulation game? In what Tough. league do the Georgia Bulldogs compete? What's the name of the Coliseum where Georgia Bulldogs play? <laughs> I mean, this is only one credit. It was a PED, but this was the final exam. How yeah. many halves are there in a college basketball game? <laughs> <laughs> how many quarters are there in a high school basketball game <laughs> this ladies and gentlemen is academic fraud <laughs> if how many playing. points does one field goal account for in a basketball game a1 b2 c 
How many points does a three-point field goal account for? You're right. You had that. Right. Yep. How many officials referee a college basketball game? I actually mm. think that's changed by now. Yeah, there's an advanced uh, question. How many yeah. teams are in the men's basketball national championship tournament? That's changed because the proper mm-hmm. answer at this point was B, 64. Yep. Or maybe it was 65. I don't know, but it's now 68. What is the name of the exam where all high school seniors in the state of Georgia must pass? This is great. I, I don't know what this was, but the st- apparently all high school seniors had to pass something. A, the eye exam. <laughs> B, how do the grits taste exam? Oh, my God. Three, bug control exam. <laughs> Four, Georgia exit exam. There we go. Now, as someone who did not attend high school in Georgia, I don't know, but I'm guessing D. <laughs> See, But I probably would have put how do the grits taste because you can get one wrong. So get an A. What are the basic colors of the Georgia uniforms? What are the basic colors of the Georgia away uniform? How many minutes are in a college game, high school game? Diagram the three-point line. <laughs> this is my favorite. Diagram the half-court line. <laughs> How many fouls do you have? If you go on to be a huge coaching success, to whom will you tribute the credit? This is hysterical. Jimmy Eric Jr. is a funny guy. He really is a good guy. Uh, he still is. He's not passed away. Uh <laughs> A, Mike Krzyzewski, B, Bobby Knight, C, John Wooden, D, Jim Herrick Jr. <laughs> Question number 20. In your opinion, who is the best Division I assistant coach in the country? A, Ron Jersa, B, John Pelfrey, C, Jim Herrick, Senior, Jim Herrick Jr., I'm sorry, D, Steve Wojcicki. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Have a great Christmas break. I, this is the kind of professor I need. <laughs> you did that need him, i sure. yeah. That was the final. Uh, yeah. I mean, ben. what do you expect? You're taking PE <laughs> in college. <laughs> Even PE could be a little more rigorous than that. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Again, credit. that is academic fraud. Thank you very much for playing. Nah. <laughs> there's a lot of easy classes at college. There's easy that and then there's great. insulting. That's... All right. Herm yeah. Edwards is on the list. We're da- this yeah. was not on poor Sully. Yeah, <laughs> so he puts out this list and then I'm the, down. puts out the rundown. We go veering off into how do the grits taste? How do the grits taste? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Scott Frost, Scott right? Frost. That again, Scott Frost has like a month, I think, either keep the job until the end of the season or to get fired quickly. I don't think that he's going to be, uh, it, it, the, the 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 referendum will come quickly on him. He's lucky that he still has the job this season. Four and eight, five and seven, three and five, three and nine. But I mean, like if he gets to like six and six, like that's going to be progress enough. He's going to be back. Why? Why should six and six be good enough to be back? Why was three and nine good enough to be back? Well, because of the buyout mostly. But now, okay, the buyout's gotten lower, and I mean, eventually, look at at some point in time. They've got to show something, don't they? There's food prices what, are up. It, they, the corn farmers have got to be making a gazillion dollars now. <laughs> September. Here's their September schedule. Actually, start in August. They're playing in Dublin, Ireland against Northwestern. Very important game for Scott Frost. Then North Dakota, Georgia Southern. You got to win those two, obviously. Then Oklahoma comes to Lincoln. And then they have the bye week, and that's, you know, the old bye week firing. We've seen that a few times there. Uh, you plug in the interim coach. If they are 2-2 two and two at that point, I think he's gone. Wow. Uh, I do. They gave Oklahoma a hell of a game last year, too. 
I, I was, they did. But then, I was but, but then we also figured out that Oklahoma wasn't very good. Yeah, they were paper tiger. Well, wait till General Booty gets down there. Okay. <laughs> if General Booty, who was available for recruitment, scores like five touchdowns at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, oh then boy. yes, he's gone. Well, they better fire him then because here's the deal. October 1st, Indiana at Rutgers at Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win all five of those. Yeah. But, but that is not exactly a lot of teeth in the middle of the lineup here. It's not. It's not. So they you go in two and two and you go two and three out of those. I know they lost all. I mean, (laughs) they've lost to plenty of bad teams. Then you're at Michigan, Wisconsin, at Iowa. I don't know. You can get to six by that at Michigan game. We'll see. I mean, the beauty of being three and nine and retained is everything is improvement. (laughs) And how do we know they're going to lose to Northwestern? We don't. We don't. They might win. Northwestern has not was bad last year. That means they'll be good this year. That'd be all right. Yeah, they, they tend to vacillate they, wildly. They're even number. It's an even number team, but Northwestern lost their final six last year. They got mm-hmm. crushed by Illinois. Everybody crushed them. Yeah, so they were the terrible. Iowa. They were terrible. Horrible team. All right. Well, it's going to be big with Scott Frost. There'll be a lot of Scott Frost stuff. Who else you got that needs needs a win? Harson, Brian Harson down at Brian Harson. They tried I to mean, fire him. Yeah, they were. They were dying. The boosters were dying to fire him. So I mean, so much they they just kept leaking stuff to try to make Brian Harson's life miserable and untenable, uh, and to get him pushed out. He, he stayed barely. So yeah, Brian Harson he gets a nice soft launch with Mercer and San Jose State, and they actually play their first five at home, which is pretty wild. Penn State comes in September 17th. That's when it starts getting real. Then Missouri comes down there. Then LSU comes in there. Then, woof, at Georgia, at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, A&M, Western Kentucky, Alabama. So he better make hay early as well. If if on October 1st they have a losing record, he's in trouble. They they need to be no worse than three and two, if not better. So yeah, I like I think we're gonna know by Missouri. Yep. Because there's just no wiggle room here. That's the problem. That's the problem with these jobs. Man, so like if I'm Brian Harson and I'm Arizona State, I'm sitting there going, Yeah. I'm gonna let Auburn fire him for whatever this buyout will be. I'm sure they, you know, Auburn just writes buyouts like they're going out of business. Yeah. Pez dispensers. <laughs> and then Arizona I keep me good at Arizona State. Yeah. It's not would, a bad coach. They blew right. that Alabama game. I would give him that. But if he had just stayed at Boise and kept, you know, done, you know, whatever at Boise last year, what did Boise go? 11 and two, like they normally do. No, Boise was disappointing last year. Actually, they were. All right. Well, yeah. when he was at Boise, they kept winning and winning and winning. Right. Right. Yep. Um, 10 and three, 11, and three, 10 and three, 10, you know, and you sit there and you're Arizona state say, Hey, we get, we get the Boise state coach who's recruiting the West. That's not bad. And they could maybe get him a little cheaper because, uh, Auburn's going to fatten up his account and he can buy a nice big old place in Scottsdale. Yep. No, I, I mean, I would think that would be a, an attractive rebound proposition. I, on both I don't sides. hold anything that happens this year, much of it against Brian Harson because he's been literally undercut by yeah. his school. So I don't know. Those seem to be the, uh, the big ones. Uh, there's obviously some others. Yeah. Jeff Collins at Georgia tech, maybe Neil Brown at West Virginia, Dino Babers at Syracuse, but, all right, former uh, Florida coach Dan Mullen at uh, Coney High School in Georgia. Assistant yeah. coaching. I love that. If you want worth, to coach. Worth, worth noting coach. That, that that is like, I don't know, 15-minute drive from the University of Georgia campus. 
whether that uh, is coincidental or not, uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, if uh, he's just doing this to do it or if, if he's ready to get if, – if Kirby Smart's ready to continue copying Nick Saban and have the fired former coach uh, reclamation line going there. Now, that would be interesting because Kirby Smart played a huge role in Dan Mullen getting fired. I don't know whether that would be difficult to manage at all, but having him that nearby does at least arouse some curiosity. It's funny you like relocate to the basically the college town of your of your arch rival. Yeah, right. You wouldn't think, but mm-hmm. you know, shows uh, what it means. All right, this is uh, this is a story from I think it's a newsletter, Extra Points. Yep, with Matt Brown, mm-hmm. Pat that you sent over to us. So last summer, the Supreme Court unanimous ruling in NCA versus Alston, there was a belief that, uh, and, and part of that is you could give academic rewards to players, uh, among other things. Like if you graduate, you could get, they, they can, they could get, make the honor roll. You can pay a kid, all these different things. Right. Uh, and of course it was believed that, uh, this would lead to pay for play. Yeah, this was another one where it's like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. We're going to fight this in court for years. And then you turn around and say, like, why again? Yeah, you don't even remember this. But the, the belief was uh, it's always Alabama. They're the boogeyman. Yeah. Alabama's going to pay, you know, 100 grand for every A you get or something, you know, whatever. Okay. Or C. <laughs> I don't know. They do get degrees. Um, has not, has not, uh, yeah, to get degrees. Like, it's a terrible thing. Yeah. So. Rewarding uh, academic performance. Imagine that. Uh, Missouri got Missouri, re- I guess, released or, or the extra point got a hold of this. How Missouri is doing it, and they put out eight hundred seventy four thousand four hundred seventy dollars in academic awards in the fall of twenty 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 two, and there were three tiers of awards for students: twelve hundred, two thousand, and twenty nine ninety, which is paid in two installments. So the maximum allowable uh, award is fifty nine eighty. 173 Missouri athletes received the highest possible. Um, 106 got tier two. 121 only got tier one. Come on, step it up, people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, essentially, just not that much money. No. Uh, and maybe Missouri, you know, I don't know if Coach Drinkowitz is uh, doing pretty, he's doing a little better on the recruiting trail, but does not seem like this is uh, changing the game. And then when you compare it to how much money coaches and administrators get based on the success of student athletes, it's nothing. Such as women's basketball coach Robin Pingenton gets a up to a hundred grand if four of five academic goals are met. And the goals include like ninety percent of her scholarship athletes have a cumulative GPA of a two point four, get a hundred Gs. Dennis Gates could get 50 grand. This is there's different ones. So at the end of the day, the people making the most money on academic success is not the actual students. It's the uh, it's the coaches, administrators. Yeah, that's that, that was the interesting takeaway from this. This was a- Andy Wittry writing for Matt Brown's Extra Points, and he's he's a big document guy. And he got a hold of through open records. He got Missouri's uh, figures for what they did for the 2020 21 uh, fiscal year. And. Yeah, if, if you if you take what they put out in the fall semester and you know replicate it for the spring semester, it would be about one point seven five million dollars, which is not very much, as he pointed out. That's one point five percent of the one hundred thirteen million dollars in total operating expenses for that year. And as we all know, the SEC is poised to get much richer 
when they renegotiate when Texas and Oklahoma come in. So this is another one of those things where, you know, people were so opposed. I mean, they literally fought Alston tooth and nail, the NCAA did. And then when they lost that battle and everybody's like, oh my gosh, now we're going to have to pay for this. Well, okay. 1.75 million for a school in the SEC, not that much money. And these are guidelines that were set by court, $5,980, the maximum you could get. A nice little payday, but not anything that's going to bankrupt a university or anything like that. And uh, again, this is for academic reward, for doing well in college, which supposedly is part of what this is all about here. Uh, and then it's supposed to be the point of what it's it, it is supposed to be the point this is how you avoid paying taxes right. is by yeah. saying we educate the students. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you, yeah. they fought a- this to the Supreme court. Mm-hmm. And they did. where's the, and where's the boogeyman? Yeah. Where's the boogeyman indeed. And then, yeah, it does undercore. I mean, I, I underscore, I thought that, that still, this is a situation where, the coaches are getting paid more than the athletes are getting paid for the athletes doing the schoolwork. Uh, it's a pretty remarkable thing. So, oh yeah, if you stand there, if you if you manage to get your kids into enough cla- easy classes where they can get a three five at Missouri, and trust me, it's not that hard. I went to school there, and you can get a hundred grand out of that. Two wow. four, two point four, two point four for the women's team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two point four. That's that's really not that hard. I'm looking at. Uh, uh, North Carolina just re-signed or gave an extension to Bubba Cunningham, the AD there, who does a great job. And I'm not necessarily opposing any of these dollars because it's a very hard job. It's a big job being an athletic director and a very tough job. So I am not uh, sitting there screaming, this is too much money. Uh, and his contract is not out of whack with anybody else at this level. Um, so these guys earn their money, but it is still interesting to look at these contracts. So, Bubba got eight, he gets a base salary of 814 grand. Uh, however, he gets uh, every three months, he gets um, about 102,000 more as a whatever to like, it's like retention bonus. So it's really about 1.2 million. But his base is eight. He gets, he then gets 68 grand if the football team makes a bowl. He gets 68 grand if the men's basketball team makes the NCAAs. Uh, he gets 68 grand if the women's team makes the NCAs. He gets 102,000 or so based on some APR rates. Well, that's pretty good. He gets another 102,000 if the graduation rate, graduation success rate, I don't know how that's compulated, comp- it's 82%. For football, he gets 100 grand if they win the national title, 75 for making the championship game, 50 to make the playoff, 50 to make the ACC title game, 50 to win the Coastal Division. Uh, gets 100 grand if men's basketball wins at all. 75 for the Final Four. On and on, on and on, mm-hmm. on and on it goes, right? It you got a makes, nice 75K payday in April. Makes five grand if any varsity team or varsity athlete wins either the ACC regular season or outright ACC tournament. Now he makes only oh. five. He'll get one every time a guy wins. But it's like now I know five grand is nothing in a salary like this. But like, what what kind of abject failure would you be if North Carolina <laughs> couldn't win a single ACC title? Right. I mean, and there there's one of those schools that's great at the Olympic sports. You know, so of they, course, twenty five hundred. If anybody, any team or player participates in NCAA postseason play, 
Wow. Again, it's 2,500. I don't even know why you have this in here. Because it's like, who cares? Of course, you're going to make it in something. Sure. 2,500 so, times. More. I mean, geez, Louise, you got. But no, you only get one payment. You don't okay. get it like okay. All right. every team. But it's like, of course, I mean, it'd be, again, it'd be all swap. So like, you know, when they're doing AD contracts, this this AD contract is not out of whack in any way. No. And again, no. I don't even care. It's a very, very hard job. Sure. You have to pay top talent to even want this job because it is a minefield. Yeah. Of absolutely. problems. Um, but when you look at how the compensation works for the ADs and then the fact that and say fought like, hey, let's give, you know, twelve hundred if someone gets a two point five. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it's, again, this is where their their PR strategy is lost. Yeah. And their legal strategy, both because they, they got their ass kicked in court and in the court of public opinion. All right. Ongoing saga. Uh, there's no new news out of our favorite school up in. Uh, oh, darn. In Livonia, everyone's uh, sleeping it off. <laughs> if you recall, the kindergartners were drinking uh, Jose Cuervo. <laughs> and the uh, fifth graders were downing uh, marijuana gummies. <laughs> but uh, not to be outdone by their 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 trendsetters. Uh, their trendsetters in uh, Livonia. We have a competitor? Uh, yeah, Sacramento at the oh, okay. Twin Rivers Unified School District. In Sacramento, a fourth grader handed out cannabis candy that resembled <laughs> Skittles. <laughs> They're called Z Kittles. Z K I T T L E Z. Morning recess at the Michael Castrori Elementary School. This is. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is probably going on everywhere. It might be. <laughs> fourth graders have marijuana candies now i have to say z kittles in that packaging looking like that is kind of like when joe camel was being marketed to the 13 year olds you know oh yeah I mean, right. you are 100 selling your product as child friendly I well mean, it's vapes you know like yeah. right like right. the the vape industry they have like cotton candy vape oh yeah like oh you're really you're really trying to market that to me right <laughs> Yeah, Joe Cam is cool. The packages look like exactly the same, honestly. Yeah, so. they do, right? I mean, it is dead on. Oh, that Joe Camel was a—he was smooth, man. He'd wear a tuxedo sometimes. He had like a Shades. sports car yeah. with like a Barbie on there and stuff, <laughs> like like a Camel Barbie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these smooth character. <laughs> Who didn't want to be Joe Camel? <laughs> It's the lung playing. cancer that came along with him that was yeah. The here he is playing yeah. pool. Yeah, he's got a motorcycle. These are amazing. So Sacramento's now in the in the the elementary school party derby. It's good. Yeah, we'll have right. to see. So look, people, look. if you're listening, <laughs> be careful what you pack in the school lunch. <laughs> Come on, let's keep it together, people. It's almost up. the end of the school year. Try to keep your kids from being drunk and high 12 and under at school. <laughs> Whatever you do in your own home in the summer, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> don't send your kid to school with a bunch of edibles. <laughs> Fight through to the finish. Come on now. We can do this sober. <laughs> I know. Believe me, you run out of ideas and the, and the, they're, they're tired of the same snacks. 
Z Kittles is not there for you. <laughs> no, do not send the Z Kittles to school. That's life of- advice from the pod. Like that, that is life advice. We should go back to our, eth- remember our ethics questions? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we might have to resurrect that one. <laughs> ethics advice from us. We've done, what, relationship advice, ethics oh, advice, people's court. I mean, you know, we're- let's bring that. Maybe we're going to bring that back. Multi-purpose. That could be. Yeah, multi-purpose. All right, one last story here, also to do with the youth of America. Uh, as you know, uh, the Barbie doll, the Barbie doll has been around since uh, 1959. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they've done with the Barbie doll through the years is have various careers. You can't just buy that dream house with no job, right? <laughs> yes. So to inspire the youth of America, the whoever plays with the Barbies, uh, Barbie has been, you know, many different things. You know, it, it started pretty, pretty humbly. It was like a secretary back in the day and things like that. And then it's just gotten into just about uh, babysitter, things like that, cashier. And then it's now business executive and Dr. Barbie and doctor. Yes. Multi veterinarian, mm-hmm. sea world trainer. I'm looking at this whole thing. <laughs> Presidential candidate. Barbie's run for president in uh, 92, 04, 08, 12 and 16. Apparently did not win. Oh, wow. No, was also she... a vice presidential candidate in 16. Huh? She's uh, uh, been, in, been in the military, uh, Air Force pilot, Army medic, right? Eye doctor, all these things. Teacher. You name it. Barbie has had this career. Uh, pretty a busy much. life. Busy life by Barbie, a, a doll of many, many talents and interests. <laughs> However, uh, a, a woman, uh, Sarah Brown Durba, is trying to uh, petition the, the toy company Mattel to come up with a, a new career, funeral director Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Is Sarah Brown Derby a, a, a funeral director? Perhaps? She is. She oh, is a funeral okay. funeral home director. Okay. Um, and uh, apparently most funeral homes are family owned and many women are the funeral directors, but they are never get very little portrayal in popular society. I, I don't really don't know. Uh, I guess I've not seen too much about fun- funeral directors, men or women. <laughs> I, I once was in in Lexington, Kentucky, I was there for a Kentucky game at the same time as the Kentucky Funeral Director Convention. Oh, at wow. The same hotel. There's and a I lively bunch. I remember being in, a, in an elevator with like eight people. They're all dressed exactly how <laughs> funeral directors are dressed <laughs> in those conservative suit. Yeah. And they all had this little thing. And I was, it was a convention. I look at the little, you know, the, they have the uh, name tag, right? says Kentucky funeral director. I'm like, oh, this place is going to be wild. It's either going to be the boringest hotel tonight or the wildest. Who knows? Right. So, Pat, um, you know, Which was would it? you have. Was it boring or was it wild? Do you know? I actually just went and covered the game. I don't know. Oh. It seemed like it, it seemed pretty quiet. Seemed okay. pretty quiet. I don't know. Um, but I kind of was like, if I come back tonight and the lobby bar is just overrun, it was filled with a bunch of cat fans, you know, like whatever. Yeah, right, um, right. The whole bunch of people like, you know, just getting trashed like they're in a mortuary science fraternity or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the funeral people do in their hometown. They're, I would imagine it I would mean, be a gathering you, of hushed tones and, and quiet reverence. But maybe unless they, this is when they let the hair down. Like, yeah, I don't know. Right. Maybe what when they get around each other homes. Yeah. I don't know. They talk in Visitation is what two to do? four. <laughs> two to four, seven to nine. What happens between four and seven? Nobody knows. 
that's gets when wild they get, in there. That's when they get crunk. Yep. That's it's wild. You don't know. <laughs> Visitation hours. You got to leave. Well, what's going on? <sighs> Women have been part of a funeral service for a long time. We're going to take care of people, just like I'm sure our male counterparts. They do their part. But I want them to stop thinking that when they see a woman female director, she's either some support staff or something like that. We are licensed professionals and we care. Okay. So, <laughs> should, let's people's court it. Okay. Should, should Mattel put out funeral director Barbie? So, and would it sell? Yeah. What kind of psychopath would buy their kids that? <laughs> here's what we're asking. Okay, kids. <laughs> We want you to play Dolly with <laughs> you got funeral director Barbie and somebody's dead. All right. We're going to have a pretend funeral. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really Grandma. fun. You're going to embalm the thing and then you're going to put it in a little coffin and then we're going <laughs> to take it on a little uh, hearse and we're going to go over and bury it in the pretend cemetery out back. Doesn't that sound fun? No, this is out down people's court. Justice for hearse, hearse no. driver Ken. Is the next one, yeah. Hearst <laughs> yeah, driver Ken. Ken. Oh, <laughs> what does what does funeral director Barbie and Hearst driver Ken do in the empty hearse? Right, <laughs> a lot of room back there. A lot of room. I'm just or saying. in the time between, uh, yeah, between visitations. Yeah, Sully, your verdict. Pat's a no. Um, I think this would get like uh, brothers and sisters to play uh, together. You know, because you, you have GI Joes that do a lot of shooting them up. And and I played with GI Joe's as a kid, so we could do like some like a nice military service with Barbie. <laughs> the know? GI Joe kills the other, and then then Barbie buries the the kill. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'll say this: very steady work. <laughs> well, yeah, it's almost recession proof. <laughs> People are gonna die. That's why those uh, funeral right. homes stay in business, Bar brother. Bartender and grave digger. Those are like safest jobs going. <laughs> um, I would, I mean, I just, it's like, hey, remember when grandma died and we were all sad, but there was that nice woman at the funeral home? Like, I just don't know how you sell this. <laughs> I, I have nothing not against the it. funeral director. <laughs> You're not it selling just, it. Let's play death, kids. Come on. Like, how weird no. would it be when you talk to, like, a six-year-old? Like, what would you like to do when you grow up? Astronaut, right? Dot, veterinary. A lot of vets when they're little. Right? Oh, yeah. I want to be a funeral director. Like, what? <laughs> Keep an eye on this one. Yeah, no, that's immediate psychiatric counseling. That's... This is someone who's going to take, like, a magnifying glass and, like, try to burn ants out the backyard. <laughs> Serious problems. Oh, goodness. I'm a no. I'm a no. Yeah. I don't think we should force that. I'm a hard no. All right. That's it. That's it for our podcast. Um, we'll be back later in the week unless one of us is visiting a funeral director. <laughs> Never know. Yeah, let's hope not. I have confidence we'll make it, but we'll see. Anything yeah. could happen. Yeah, keep subscribing. Appreciate you guys all listening. We will talk to you later.